Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books and we know you do too. On today's episode, we've got an interview with the maker of Monsters author, Lorraine Gregory, who tells us how a good hero needs a good villain and how in life you've just got to believe in yourself. We've got great reading recommendations from our CBI book doctor, Anne, so get ready to take notes. But first, let's hear what you guys are reading right now. I chatted to Kira, Peter and May to find out what books they're in the middle of. My name is Kira and I'm reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid The Long Haul. It's about three kids. There's a baby and there's two big boys. The uh, middle one, he wrote a diary in this. Um, Roderick, he got the gum stuck on the sunroof and uh, he couldn't he couldn't close it so he tried to get it and then they went through a car wash and it went straight down on the baby and uh, it's a funny one. My name is Peter, I'm nine years old and I'm reading Har Henry's Double Dare. It's funny, really funny, I used to love, I have a collection at home and I read them all the time. The f- series is really funny and it's entertaining a lot. He like bees mean to his brother and like he picks on people, farts on them. I think this book is suitable for probably sevens and over. My name's May and I'm reading general knowledge quizzes. So they ask you uh, all different types of questions and they give you A, B or C. You have to pick one and then you have to go to the back where the answers are and then uh, that's where you figure out if you got it right or wrong. You learn and you have fun looking at the pictures. We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. Eight-year-old Maeve is reviewing a series of books for us. It's Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers, and the series continues to excite and delight, even now, 70 years since they were published. It's a series about a girls' boarding school where the pupils get up to all kinds of hijinks. Let's see what Maeve thought. I'm reading the Mallory Towers series by Enid Blyton. It's about girls in a school. Um, stolen horses, a runaway student, a sick horse, stolen belongings, a girl ru- uh, runs away with a first former and gets expelled. Well, in the book I'm reading right now, um, somebody's in the fifth form is stealing the girl's belongings. So, like, really expensive perfume, a purse, and a notebook, and chocolates. I don't like them, I love them. I think these books are for age. Well, I don't think they have an age restriction. I just think anybody could like them. I think the type of person that would read them is a reader. (laughs) It's a person who reads books. It depends on what type of choices you make, but most people would love them. I don't have a favourite. They're all so good. (laughs) 
Now on We Love Books, it's time to meet our featured author. Lorraine Gregory is the author of Mold on the Poison Plot and The Maker of Monsters. Good, gory, creepy fun. So I asked her if she was a little bit of a creep herself. I need to ask you first of all, because I'm a huge creep and I spent Halloween in Salem last year. I love all this kind of stuff. (laughs) Are you slightly creepy? I I probably am slightly creepy. I've always (laughs) loved monsters and... Villains is like one of my favourite things to write. If I don't have a really good villain, I find it quite difficult. So whatever I'm doing, there's always um, monsters and villains and baddies. And my son, who I probably who I started writing for when he was about eight, whenever I was writing anything, he's always wanted the, the villains to be badder and the monsters to be scarier. And I had to... And sometimes I get told off now by my editor. <laughs> yeah, too, too scary. Um, but... Um, yeah, no, one of my favourite things is writing creepy, scary monsters and villains. Do you have a favourite literary villain? Oh, tricky question. I think it's villains that that you hate. So, you know, like Umbridge, for example. Great villain. Oh, oh great villain. I can't tell you the <laughs> hatred I felt for her when I was reading that book yeah. to the point of like throwing the book across the room oh, with the hatred that you had for so it's when they're like created in such a way that they inspire you to feel angry and annoyed and furious with them and they they invoke a lot of and they need to be really good villains because otherwise your hero hasn't got anything to fight against I think if you haven't got a really good villain to match your hero then I don't think they work quite as well as stories who comes first for you the hero or the villain when you're coming up with your story or is it the idea how does it work yeah, I probably get um, a weird idea. So sometimes I get an idea, but I don't find the character for it for a while. So it'll just like play around in my head and then I'll get a voice. Or sometimes I have a character, but I don't have a story. And so then I'm waiting and then they kind of sort of match and they come together. And then I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, so this character needs to do this story. And then they kind of work like that. And then and then usually, like, yeah, the baddie will come afterwards. Um, and often I have... <laughs> more than one baddie (laughs) I often have two or three um baddies because one is just not enough really (laughs) you can never have enough baddies in a good good monster book (laughs) your book really is full of monsters if if you were to describe the book to our readers who maybe haven't had a chance to read it yet without giving the game away uh what would you say the book is all about it's about a boy who's kind of trapped um in a difficult situation where he's looked where his his the person who's looking after him who he's supposed to be looking after him is has kind of got an obsession that he's trying to make these monsters a monster army to get revenge and um he's kind of caught up so if you imagine frankenstein when i was thinking about it it was like what would the child be doing the child would be the assistant so he's kind of helping his master um cleaning and you know doing all the horrible jobs while his master is making all these monsters and then um it's about his journey really to find his his own bravery and his own life and his because he kind of feels that it's not that he's not worthy he's not worthy he's not good and he's got a really got low self-confidence and he has two friends who are kind of like rejected monsters um who go on this journey with him and help him when everything goes wrong and his life goes terrible and he has to like you know go out on his own to like save save the world which is what heroes should always be doing really (laughs) 
This is true. If you're not saving the world, you're not trying hard enough. Exactly. <laughs> Save the world. That's what we've got to do. <laughs> you also have a lot of fabulous events that you do with brilliant names. <laughs> <laughs> like Monsters and Villains and Baddies, Oh My, and Putrid Potions. <laughs> what happens at these amazing events? These amazing events. <laughs> so, um... Putrid Potions was based on sort of kind of the first book that I wrote, which was Mold and the Poison Plot, where there's a lot of poisons and potions and things in it. So I kind of came up with um, an event where children could come up with their own potions. So we look at all these sort of ingredients and I try and encourage children to be as gruesome as possible with like the things that they can try and put into their potion. And then we think up like what they would do, so your method of how you make up your potion what you need to do to it and then also we've got to think of the result once you've made it what does it do to people you know what's the result of taking this potion and sometimes they're lovely they're little flower potions where you know you fall in love or you go flying and sometimes they're terrible potions where you know you destroy the world or turn into the devil or whatever and um it's really good fun and monsters and villains and baddies oh my is um a way for children to come up with their own baddie so it's like a creative writing workshop um so we look at different baddies we look at how they're written we look at the language that you might use we look at what you need to make a good villain so their motivations and how they look and how they sound and how they move and all of those things and you come up with their own creation of their own monster or villain um and that's uh, lots of fun as well because I think children nowadays don't often get to do much free writing in school because um, there's a lot of tests and there's a lot of like vocabulary and there's a lot of like focus on punctuation and grammar and all of those things so in my workshops it's more about just you know write and don't worry about that stuff spelling and things just have fun creating because that's the thing that children tend to really enjoy and get some interest in writing if you take all that fun out I think it's it's not ideal really for children is that the best advice for people who want to be writers but not sure how to start to just write and just create Yes, I mean, try not to worry too much about things. And you can do lots of other things. You're a bit scared about putting words down on the page. You don't have to go straight in and try, try and make it brilliant. That's what I used to do. And I used to get really annoyed with myself because I couldn't do it. Didn't come out brilliant straight away. Never does. But you can write a map or you can make a list of characters or you can plan what's going to happen, like do a story map to where you're going to start, what the next bit is, where the exciting plot point is. You can just do lots of different things. And then when you're feeling a bit more confident, you can just write, a, a scene that makes you interested and makes you excited and then you can put all those things together um i think sometimes people think that they need to um just go in and write something start to finish and it's all got to be brilliant it's all got to be perfect every writer even you know professionals have been doing it for years and years and years go through many 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 drafts you know it's not something that comes straight away but the best thing that everyone will tell you is to read a lot and write a lot because that's the only way you're going to learn. The reading will teach you, even though you're not even aware you're being taught, how stories work and how they flow and what you need in them. And that will go into your brain just from doing a lot of reading. And then the writing is just a way for you to practice, to find your voice, to find how you like it, what you enjoy. And all of those things put together will, over time, you know, enable you to, to get better and improve. And every writer probably has been doing it for years and years um, and still worry that they're not very good. <laughs> But you are very, very good. Thank you, Nathan. Books are wonderful. <laughs> but speaking of wonderful books, do you have any books that you remember from being a child that just stood out as, wow, this is special? Yes. Uh, and it's probably not because I'm a huge fan of fantasy and I love fantasy. But actually the book that stands out that I remember 
affected me the most was when Hitler stole Pink Rabbit by Judith Kerr. Love that book. <laughs> I love that. That's one of the only books I ever got up before school to read because I am not a morning person. <laughs> I, I read it as a child. I think my mum got it for me. And there's something just about the title that's just captures you immediately. And then she has such a gift for writing a character and just remembering perfectly the little details of childhood. And as a child, when you read it, you're not really aware, actually, of the danger and the reality of what was happening, you know, fleeing from Germany when Hitler was coming into power and how dangerous it all was. You see it from Anna's point of view, the little girl, and, you know, they're fleeing because they're Jewish and they're fleeing from a really dangerous situation. But, you know, they're seeing it almost as an adventure, really, because they don't really understand, but she leaves her pink rabbit behind. Um, and, And then they're living as refugees in lots of different countries. And I really connected with Anna and I just felt, it was it was an amazing book and then when I read it again as an adult I was almost a bit scared because you know sometimes when you love something as a child as an adult you're yes. like oh no <laughs> it's not quite the same yeah. but this was almost better because now I could see it with the perspective of an adult and actually realize and actually sort of um sympathize more with the parents because I'm thinking oh my god like well, they're sitting on the train and they've the, you know they're trying to get out of the country and, and all of these things and you imagine what it must be like to try and do that with, with two young children and um and it's still startling and there are two more books which I discovered that follow on from it which is um so you can carry on with Anna's journey through it but yes that's like one of my favorite books that is a powerful book and I also had a pink rabbit so I took it very personally <laughs> I was very upset about yes, I any threat to the rabbit exactly. what's Hitler doing with the pink rabbit he doesn't need the pink rabbit he's not going to cuddle it is he no. <laughs> and back to your own book what is your favourite thing about the whole process of writing The Maker of Monsters is it you know the writing or would it be receiving the book at the very end what did you just love about it well I always love just writing them just when I'm lost in that other world and you're not really worried about anything else that's that's the best bit for me really writing scribbling away on my computer and just um trying to make it work I tend to write straight onto my laptop um in my front room um on the sofa and and I can just sit there for hours and just type away um and that's that's kind of my happy place because I didn't write for about 20 years I always wanted to be a writer when I was younger and then when I got to about 18 I thought this is silly I'm I'm never going to be a writer who would want to read my books it's a ridiculous (laughs) dream I'm just going to be sensible stop writing and do normal things so you get a job do different things get married have children and then it was only when my son was about seven or eight and he couldn't find anything he wanted to read and I'd get all these books from the library because I was a huge reader I really wanted him to read and he'd just get bored after a couple of pages and I was like oh, do you know what I'll do I'm just going to write him my own book and then we kind of did it together and then because he was so excited every time I wrote a chapter and I'd read it to him and he'd be so jumping up and down on the bed and I was like oh this is good so now I'd write another one so he kind of like inspired me to keep going and to finish and he got really involved in the whole process and he would give me ideas. And he's still now, he's 18 now, but he still will listen to me read my books to him and he still will bat around ideas around with me. And I find it really useful. So he's not allowed to leave home ever. <laughs> Now, 
Now on We Love Books, we are very lucky to have a CBI book doctor in the house. Book doctor Anne has an encyclopedic knowledge of children's books and she's going to recommend something good for Belinda to read. Let's hear what Belinda likes. My name is Belinda and I'm nine years old. My favourite book is Mi Xiaotian. It's a Chinese book and he has a like person who sits beside him and she's always telling him what to do. Um, I started reading this book. It's called Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. It's kind of a sad book. I like it because, so first, um, there was a pig and he was really small and then there was a spider and then he wanted to be friends. I kind of don't like um, Beast Quest. I like funny books, I like like drama books and I also like things about what is happening like in their life. Your diaries, like the drama in it. I like art and sport. Soda, what should I read? Hi Belinda. Stories from other countries are always interesting. And if you want to read more Chinese stories, try books by Shelley Fu and Patrick Yi, with titles like Chinese Myths and Legends, or A Treasury of Chinese Folk Tales. They even tell you the origins of each tale and its impact on Chinese culture and history. The plot device you mentioned, where one person tries to control another, is an interesting way of creating tension in a story. And there are several books where this happens, in one way or another. One of my favourites is The Indian in the Cupboard by Lynn Reed Banks. Omri plays with a plastic North American Indian figure who mysteriously comes alive when placed in a special cupboard. Instead of being a toy, Little Bull is a real live Indian brave and Omri finds that being in charge of another human being is a lot more challenging than he thought. Another book on the controlling people theme is actually called The Person Controller by David Bedeal. Twins, Ellie and Fred, are having a hard time being bullied at school. Their favourite way of relaxing is to play video games. One day they meet the mystery man who gives them a special game controller. But this controller works in real life, controlling real people. That would be amazing. Or would it? I agree that Charlotte's Web is a great read. Another author who writes really well about ordinary farm animals is Dick King Smith, who wrote The Sheep Pig, about a pig who thinks he's a sheepdog. It was made into a film under the title Babe. Dick King Smith also wrote about more fantastic animals like the fabulous underwater creature in The Water Horse, which was also made into a film. A recently published book, What's That in Dog Years by Ben Davis, tells the story of a young boy, George, and his dog, Gizmo. Gizmo's 14, that's 78 in dog years, so George begins to realise his time with Gizmo is coming to an end. George creates a bucket list of favourite things for them to do together. This story is sometimes sad and sometimes funny, as all the best stories are. For real-life stories with a bit of drama in them, try the books by Judy Curtin. Judy has written loads of books, including the very popular Alice and Megan series. And for a family story with a difference, look at Good Dog McTavish by Meg Roscoff. 
When Ma Pichi resigns from parental duties to take up yoga, the Pichi family descend into chaos. Enter McTavish, a rescue dog with a difference. McTavish is a dog with a mission, to rescue the Pichi family and straighten out their chaotic lives. The McTavish series is published by Barrington Stoke, a dyslexic-friendly publisher who print their books on matte, buff-coloured paper and use widely spaced lines of text so that everyone can enjoy the stories. Thanks, Book Dr. Anne. Some excellent reading recommendations there. Some I've read and loved and some I would really enjoy to get stuck into. Well, we've come to the part of the show where it's over to you. We love to hear stories from listeners and today, 10-year-old Arlo is going to spin us a yarn. Hello, my name is Anna and I have written a story called The Ship Behind the Wall. I hope you enjoy it because, well, I wrote it. Hope you enjoy it. The Ship Behind the Wall. This is the tale of Jeff, who every morning thought it would be just another bright gleaming day. Taking the cows to the barn for milking, checking if the chickens had laid any eggs overnight, all that stuff. But he couldn't have been more wrong. Our story begins with Jeff doing his morning jobs, but today, just after he finished milking the cattle, he had to scrape off the wallpaper to make it more easy for Mother, who undoubtedly did more work than anyone else. Well, while I was commentating, it seems that Jeff has finished milking the cows and is now glaring at me for not commentating his hard work. Oh well. Alright, back to commentating. Jeff stepped inside the house, paint scraper in hand. He ran to the living room where he would start his boring adventure. He ferociously tore at the paper-like material surrounding the wall, yelling violently because that's just something he does. As he moved along steadily, ripping strips of wallpaper off, he noticed something very odd indeed. Where he had taken a big armchair away to scrape the wallpaper, there was a huge dent in the wall. From curiosity, Jeff skipped right to the dent and shoved his scraper through it. When he pulled it out, he brought his eye right up to the hole. Wow, there was a whole tunnel leading down. He ran to his room, grabbed his satchel, and then, when he was back in the living room, he broke through the wallpaper. When he was slightly deep into the tunnel, he pulled out the torch from the satchel and flashed it about. Up ahead, he saw something with shiny parts on it. As he ran up, he found it was a chest, loaded with diamonds, gold, and emeralds. Ah! he screamed. I'm rich! But then he saw a bluish metal near the bottom. No. It couldn't be. No, it's impossible. But it is. Luminite. They said it was a myth. Some crazy fairy tale. But how could he not believe when it was right in front of him? I grabbed on my way back, he thought aloud, as he continued unhappily, yet nothing could have prepared him for what he saw next. He came to a large, no, very large, pool of water. He pointed his flashlight up and saw an actual ship in the water. Made of wood, covered in moss, the paint nearly completely gone. Mary Rose, Jeff read aloud as he walked up the gangplank. He wasn't really paying attention to where he was going, as he was in an old wooden steel ship, and ended up under the main deck, where he saw hammocks where the crew must have slept. Jeff was reading a sign next to a door. 
it said Luminat Storage. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's episode of We Love Books. Big thanks to all the kids who read, wrote and reviewed for us and to our fantastic guest, Lorraine Gregory. Big shout out to Children's Books Ireland for always helping us out so generously and for allowing us to feature a visit from book doctor Anne on the show with her excellent reading recommendations. If you'd like to get in touch, our email is welovebooks at rte.ie that's we love books at rte.ie i'm neve mcmanus and this is we love books stay safe stay well and until next time happy reading <laughs> <laughs>